and welcome to the Love Key Church message of the week. Love Key Church is a local expression of a part of the body of Christ with a focus on creating a place, opportunity, and atmosphere through worship music and the Word where people can encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and then help others to do the same. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, Valetta, and our four children, we recently launched Love Key Church right here in Somerset West. Enjoy the message. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe, and to share this with other people if you find that it is uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring to you. Thank you so much. God bless you as you listen to this word. Today, in South Africa, we celebrate Human Rights Day. 21st of March and um, because it's falling on a Sunday tomorrow's a holiday that's why we have the long weekend but I was thinking as I was preparing for today that it's 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 quite interesting that it's human rights day and and then I felt God say to me there's a reason why we are talking about holiness today you know we've heard these terms human rights so many times some of you may be listening to that, hearing that we have Human Rights Day and, and feel, well, I don't really feel like my human rights are, are met. I don't really feel free. I don't feel, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Maybe you are going through some kind of oppression of some sort. Um, there, are, there are different ways we can look at this. You know, we live in a world where it feels more and more like some of those freedoms depend on other people's opinions of what those freedoms should be. So it's getting interesting. But I don't want to focus on that. I want to bring a thought to us today. What if all of us being created by God, having been created by God, what if our most fundamental and most basic human right is to be holy as God is holy? <laughs> Have you ever thought of that? We're going to look at the Word of God today and what He says about this. Remember, our focus is always to encounter God, to have uh, an, a moment where we connect, where we hear, where we learn and grow and mature in Him. And the only way we do that is, is to have the, not just have the encounter, but to intentionally then align with what we learn, what we hear, what we're convicted about from the Word of God. And so that is what I really sense God is wanting to do today is for us to to shift our thinking about holiness to what he wants it to be and we're going to look at some scriptures and go through a couple of thoughts and, I, and i'm i want to ask a question at the end of this that i think we all need to really answer and seriously answer where we're at and if god leads us to change our way of thinking to shift how we think about holiness, then I want to invite you to do that today. I want you to go to um, to your Bible, to um, Hebrews 10 from 11 to 22. Hebrews 10 from 11 to 22. That's what we're going to look at. So the title of this message is Holy Shift. <laughs> and uh, I was, this whole week I've been, I've been asking God, okay, I know you want us to speak about holiness but you know and, and, and trying to figure out what to focus on what is the main idea and um and then <laughs> I, I love god's sense of humor he uh, i've I really felt that we had a little moment of laughing about this title 
Um, but it really is what it is to have a holy shift about how we think about holiness and bring it into alignment of what God says. So our first scripture is Hebrews 10 from 11 to 12. I want you to turn there in your Bible or on your Bible app. Um, if you are following on the Bible app event, if you haven't gone there yet and you have your Bible app with you, just go to the Bible app menu, click on events, search Love Key Church, and you'll find today's event there. And you can follow along, make notes. The um, scriptures are there that you can read along. I don't have all the scriptures on the screen today. I just have the the scripture um, references. So please open your own Bible, open your own Bible app and go to Hebrews 10 from verse 11 till 12. I'm going to read that for us. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But this man, he's referring to Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. This is the main verse I want us to focus on. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. And he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness, to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. <laughs> that is amazing. I, I want to get into it immediately, but I'm going to discipline myself. I want that to really sink in. The next scripture we're going to read is from 1 Peter verse 1, verse 13 to 25. Check that out on your app or on your Bible. 1 Peter 1 from verse 13. All right. This is, this is amazing. You have to read this and get excited about it. Peter says to the church, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance. But, listen to this, as he who called you is holy, as he who called you is holy, you also 
be holy in some of your conduct. No, it says all of your conduct. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. That reference is from Leviticus. In three different chapters, he, God repeatedly says to his people, be holy for I am holy. While he's giving them all the laws and the things to do, he keeps repeating, be holy for I am holy. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Some of you will remember our talk about the fear of the Lord. This is what he's referring to. If you conduct yourselves here on earth throughout the time of your stay in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, you were not saved by physical things here on earth like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. He's saying that things of men, rules of men, traditions of men is corruptible things. But what is the opposite of that? The precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your hope and hope, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, purified your souls in what? Obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. There we have those words again, corruptible versus incorruptible, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is like grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flowers fall away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Paul is, Peter is very, very direct here. He's speaking powerful things to the church. And we need to hear the same things today. This last week, I can, I can only be honest with you. Not that I'm ever not honest, but this week has been, actually since last week has been tough. Just, I've, I've been having this struggle with this message, with this idea, because God already showed me last week that he wants us to talk about holiness. And I'm so aware of his glory, his holiness, his greatness, and so aware of my own brokenness and issues and how far I still need to go. So it's been a really tough thing for me. And I'm not standing here today talking about holiness because I've made it. I'm talking here about holiness because God said I must. And his word is completely full of all of that. It's completely filled with the message of holiness for his people in the Old and the New Testament. So we have to take this seriously and let him show us what he wants us to believe about holiness the fear of the lord is upon me and i hope that it's upon you as well 
because that is how we can ha- how we can get to a place of true conviction and let his word speak into us i really believe god wants us all to align with his definition of holiness and what it means to be holy for him how do we define holiness how do we define being holy we've read from these scriptures and it's given us a lot of clues if we look at those scriptures you'll see a contrast between sin and disobedience and holiness and obedience so one way of of looking at holiness is saying holiness means there is no sin another definition that many people use is to say holiness or being holy means that it's set apart by god for his special purposes set apart by god for his special purposes another word that we saw there as well is consecrated and another one sanctified being holy is to be consecrated sanctified set apart but that set apart is from sin from disobedience from this broken world in two weeks time it'll be easter passover we will think about and remember and celebrate the death burial and resurrection of the ultimate passover lamb our high priest jesus christ the son of god it's the same weekend we are blessed to be able to gather again in a new venue and i'm so excited about that and we so look forward to to being with you but we need to prepare our hearts and our spirits for that weekend it cannot just be another service it cannot be just another time to dress up and and meet people we have to take this serious it has to be significant it has to mean something it has to matter i really sense that it's very strong on my in my heart that we need to take this time of easter very very seriously and we have to think about why did he come why did he die on a cross why was he raised from the dead we're going to get into that in detail but today with this message that we have we need to think about the why of his sacrifice why did he defeat death why did he rise from the grave and eventually ascend into heaven why did he send the holy spirit have you ever thought about these things it's the why of the most elaborate most written and talked about thing that happened about the spans over millennia oh let me try that again <laughs> it is the why of the most elaborate most written and talked about love story of all time that spans over millennia the love of our father in heaven for us man the crown of his creation it is the love story of that the why is found in the very beginning in genesis 1 and 2 it gives us the problem the setup the, the dilemma the origin of all hurt pain shame guilt and death sin disobedience god said one thing man did another 
God said, trust me, man did not. God was being God. Man wanted to be like God. And it all went pear-shaped from that moment on. Why? Because sin entered the world. How? Disobedience. Doing the exact opposite of what God says is disobedience. Some of you may remember, excuse me, some of you may remember this moment from the Lion King where Mufasa tells Simba to not go to the elephant graveyard and then he does and he gets into trouble and Mufasa saves him and then he takes him out and they look at the skies and Mufasa says to him, you deliberately disobeyed me. And that is what happened here. They deliberately disobeyed God and it changed everything. Who is God? He is the one who always was. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who spoke and all of creation just came to be. He gave man one thing to do and one thing not to do. And they did it. Why? Because the evil one, the Satan, the devil, he planted doubt in their minds. He said, did God really say? And a sense of pride. He convinced them that God is withholding something from them. So with doubt and tickling their pride, it was all they needed to topple. That strategy of the enemy, by the way, has not changed. Be aware. He will always come to you trying to create doubt and trying to tickle your pride. And that is where we typically fall and we don't see it coming. Be aware. Now, before this fall, before sin entered the world, there was a beautiful intimacy between man and God. They walked in the garden. The man and the woman were naked and they didn't care because there was no problem with their nakedness. There was no shame. There was no guilt. There was just this beautiful intimacy between man and God and between the man and the woman. At that point, by the way, her name had not been given yet. She was only called Eve after the fall. That's just a side note. Both God and man was holy. How do we know this? Because God is holy and cannot associate with anything that's not holy. So man was holy before the fall. So from that we can know that his original design, his original plan for us people was to be holy as He is holy. God cannot be part of darkness and he cannot be part of sin. Now, the disobedience and sin of Adam and Eve, the woman, created a wall, a barrier between man and God. It was not God's doing. It was man's doing. It was not only the woman's fault. The man was the leader and he knew it, but he went along and thereby was just as responsible. And the sin, the disobedience had consequences. God warned them that they would die. They would surely die if they eat this. And did they die? Not physically, immediately. They did eventually, but they died spiritually, being cut off from the holiness of God. 
they were no longer holy. They were marked by sin and feeling the consequences of it. We are still feeling and seeing the consequences of their actions, but also the, the actions of the sons of Adam. All disobedience, all sin in the world. It's easy to look back at Adam and even think seriously, why could you just not eat the fruit? <laughs> it's very easy to look back and go there. But we need, to, we need to be honest and realize that we probably all would have done exactly the same thing if tempted the same way. Let's be honest. How many times a day do we make decisions to align with our own comfort, convenience, agenda that's to our own advantage? If we think we can get an edge, we take it, right? That's essentially what motivated the woman to take a bite, thinking that God was withholding, thinking that God can't really be trusted. She was not called Eve. Okay, I mentioned that already. Something that Nikki Gumbel that wrote the Bible in a year um, said really stuck with me. He said, we swallow a lie about God before we swallow the forbidden fruit. And that's exactly what happened here. They swallowed a lie about God before they swallowed the lie about, they swallowed the forbidden fruit. The rest of the Old Testament is the broken love story of a heavenly father constantly reaching out to his children in love, showing them how to love him back, but getting rejected, replaced, and ridiculed. But he had a plan all along. We know from one of these scriptures that before the foundation of the earth, this was already in play. A redemptive plan of reconciliation, a fulfillment of all the signs and the symbolism of the Old Testament was wrapped up in one man, the new Adam, the son of man, the son of God, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It is so important for us to have the revelation that God's original plan for us, His original design was for us to be in a holy and intimate relationship with Him. Reminiscent of Jesus' plea to His disciples in John 15, where He says, we must abide in Him as He abides in us. Why would the Son of God, who is holy, come and mingle with sinners, come and mingle with sin, because he is without sin. He is the one that can stand in the place of sin and no one else can. So his redemptive plan, God's redemptive plan through Jesus is not just a way for us to get a ticket to heaven. It is a monumental, intergalactic, life-altering, ultimate sacrificial deed that serves to be a ransom for us, an offering that takes our place a price paid worthy of the necessary cost. We cannot just minimize what Jesus did to, oh, I can just go to heaven. That is so much more than that. It is so that we can experience something of heaven, something of holiness on this earth while we are still here. I want to read you another scripture. From 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 21. Please turn there in your Bibles. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 21. 
Listen to this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Reconciliation was needed. Jesus did it. Not counting their trespasses, our trespasses, against us and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There's a song that captures this beautifully. He became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. He became sin who knew no sin. He knew no sin. He was holy. But he became sin. And he took what was deserved by us, death, separation from God forever. And he came and he changed all of it. When we read the verses from this 2 Corinthians passage and also the verses from Hebrews and 1 Peter, it's very clear that God's plan is to restore us back to our original design of being holy and in an intimate relationship with Him. These scriptures show us that it is possible to live a holy life. Do we really believe we can live holy lives on this side of heaven? And this is the question I want us to get to. This is why the message is called Holy Shift. Because I hear it so often in conversations. And I realize many people who are born again Christians even, but many people who call themselves Christians, they are convinced that we cannot be holy on this side of heaven. We cannot live holy lives. And what they mean by that is they, they, that we cannot live to the, up to the impossible standard of God's uh, holiness. Now, a part of that may be true. We cannot do it on our own strength. And that is where I think the shift needs to take place. If we don't believe that it's possible to live a holy life on this side of heaven, then we're basically saying there was no point of, uh, of being a Christian because what Jesus died for is not attainable or available. If we do believe it's possible to live holy lives in this world, then what? How should we be responding? I want to look at, I want to look at that verse from Hebrews and 1 Peter 1 again. It's just, it's so powerful. This one from um, Hebrews 10. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. It's, it's a futile exercise. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, 
from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Then verse 14, this is the one I want, I want you to really, I want it to go deep down into your spirit. Hebrews 10, 14, for by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. By one offering, he has perfected those who are being sanctified. Ephesians 1 says that we are called to be holy and blameless. 1 Peter, uh, 2 Peter 1 explains that we have access to the divine nature. There's another scripture that calls us to be perfect as the Father is perfect. We cannot read those scriptures and just go, yeah, well, I'll never get there. Because that has a direct effect on how we live each day. I was sharing this message and this burden in my heart with, with my father-in-law. He, he's a retired pastor. And, and he said to me, the big question is, do we have a desire to live a holy life? We are either at the place where we desire to be holy like God is holy because his word says we can be, or we have given up on living the holy life. Now, here's an important distinction. When I say live a holy life, when the word says live a holy life, be holy as God is holy, it is not saying, here's a bunch of rules, get it right, and then we can say, okay, you're holy. That is what the law used to do. And it is not what this is about. This is saying, be who you were made to be. And saying that through Christ, through the blood of Jesus, through the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made, it is possible to be holy, to be in the fullness of your original design. And this Hebrews 10, 14 shows us that it is a process. Even Peter must have known that when he said, be holy as Christ is holy, it is a process. Romans 12, Paul says to people, I beseech you therefore, brethren, to become living sacrifices, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That is what it means to repent. It means to turn away from one way of thinking to another way. Some of us maybe need to repent today about how we think about holiness and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to think about it your way. I know that it's attainable. And the great news is we don't have to do it in our own strength. It, we actually can't. <laughs> We need, we need God. And, and here's a thought. When you got saved, born again, what did you receive? You received salvation, but also Holy Spirit. And it's right there in the name. Holy Spirit. We have received Holy Spirit. Can I say it again? You have received, if you have given your life to Christ, you have received the Holy Spirit. It is a person and your, your body. The Bible says your body is now a temple for the Holy Spirit. God is saying to us that through Jesus Christ, when he looks at us, he sees us as being made holy because Christ paid the price. But he's also saying that don't stay where you are. He's saying, I know it's a process. 
a process of sanctification, a process of consecration unto Jesus, a process of being set apart for God's purposes. It is a process. The Bible makes it clear that that is something that is part of the whole procedure. So to say, be holy as I am holy, is not just suddenly I'm going to be perfect. It's not what the Bible is teaching us today. God is saying to us that it's possible to be in the fullness of your original design, like Adam and the woman was when God just made them. Before the fall, there was this beautiful, intimate thing, and they were holy. And God says through His Son, Jesus Christ, we can come, we can be reconciled with the Father. Why would we be reconciled with the Father not to the same extent as Adam and Eve was before the fall? What is the point then if it's not a full reconciliation? Have you thought about that? He's calling us into the fullness of it, not the halfness of it. So we have to ask ourselves, do I believe that it's possible to live in such intimacy with God, to be so led by Holy Spirit that it starts reflecting more and more in my life, in the way I speak, in the way I speak to my spouse, in the way I raise my children, in the way I do business with integrity, love, respect, honoring people, changing the world for Jesus. Not living for myself anymore, but living for the kingdom of God and the furthering of His will in this earth. Jesus says in John 14, 15, you hear it a lot from this pulpit. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you are truly born again, if you've really given your life to me, you will sin no more. Sin is the opposite of holiness. So if you love me, if you step into a relationship with me, you will be holy. God loves you so much. And he longs to be in an intimate relationship with you where you can walk in the fullness of of the holiness that you were actually designed for. It's on the other side of true salvation. It's on the other side of true surrender. It's on the other side of laying down cultural hang-ups and views that, 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 that distort the truth of God's word. It's on the other side of forgiveness. Forgiving yourself, forgiving others who have maybe hurt you in the past. It's on the other side of waking up every day saying, God, I love you. I put you first. Let me read your word. Let me sing praises unto you. Let me go and be your ambassador in this world. Yes, it's a process. But today, we all need to realize deeply that it's possible. It's possible to live a holy life, to be holy as Christ is holy. It's possible. It's possible. 
It's possible. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. He will come to us the same way he came to, to Eve and, and say, did God really say you can be holy? He's holy, but it's not for you. Don't fall for it. It's a lie. It's not the truth. The truth is that the word of God in scripture after scripture is telling us to be holy. And it's told us why we can be. Because of Christ. Because of the blood of the lamb. The ultimate sacrificial lamb. It is done. When Jesus died, his last breath, he said, Tetelestai. It is done. It is finished. This is fulbring. It's done. Let's not live lives where we counter that by saying, no, it's not done. It's not completely done. It's not done for me. It is. It's done for all of us. He died for you, for me, for everybody, so that we can be intimate with Him, so that we can be in the fullness of His original plan for us. He died so that we can be holy. Don't you want that? Don't you want to walk in the fullness of what he has? I want to invite you into a moment where you can reflect and respond to this word. It is so important for us that even though we don't feel holy, even though we are aware of issues and baggage and and mistakes and sin and habits in our lives that are not in line with God's word, that he doesn't look at that. He looks at us through the blood of the lamb. But because he looks at us through the blood of the lamb, it doesn't mean we can keep on doing what we want to do. It means that by his power, by his grace, we can grow and become more like him. Every day become a little bit more Holy as He is holy. But it takes a mind shift to go, it's possible. It's possible to be holy as He is holy. It's possible. There's still some of you that don't really believe it. I can just sense it in my spirit. It's possible. It's possible. Ask yourself, What has a higher authority in your life? Other people's opinions, your past experiences, the circumstances of your life, or the Word of God? What has more authority? It's in moments like these, with subjects like these, where it is shown what we really believe. If you've read all these scriptures that I've just read to you, and you still think, eh, it's not possible, then I want to challenge you and say to you, you don't really believe the word of God is the word of God and you're not really obedient. And what I'm telling you is good news. It's not a burden. To be holy is not a burden. (laughs) It's an invitation to be in the fullness of what God has called us to be. Don't you want to know at least to an extent, what it was like to be Adam before the fall, to be that intimately in love with God, so close to Him, to live a holy life, 
man, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Come on. <laughs> Get excited about it. It's a beautiful thing. And it's possible. Come on, church. Close your eyes. Focus on Jesus. And just reflect and respond to this word right now. As I pray for us. Lord Jesus, I pray for every person listening and watching right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're ministering on the deepest part of their spirit being right now. That you will bring a supernatural conviction of what it means to be holy as you are holy. And to bring the truth that it's possible, it's possible to live holy lives, to continually be sanctified and become more like you each and every day. I thank you for every man, woman, marriage, family, child listening right now. Bless them, Lord. Show them your truth. Show them it's possible to live holy lives for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us today, for being with us, for engaging with the Word of God, the truth of God, for worshiping with us. It's really the cry of my heart that you will know you've been called to be holy as He is holy and that by Christ's sacrifice, it's possible. If you have never given your life to Christ, if you've never heard the gospel message explained this way, and it's spoken to you and it's awakened something inside of you, I want you to give your life to Christ right now and pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I choose to make you Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me new. I want to live for you the rest of my life. I make you Lord of my life. Make me holy, Lord, as you are holy. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and made a real decision for Jesus today, let us know in the comments. Say, I came home, or give us an amen or a high five. We'd love to know if you've made a decision for Christ today. And please reach out to us and tell us what happened and how we can help. Please remember that we are going to start in-person services on 2 April, Good Friday, and that Sunday as well. And you can register for it on Church Center app or on the link in the description here. Thank you for subscribing to all of our platforms for following Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We really appreciate it. Please keep doing that or do it if you haven't yet and tell other people about it. Let's build this community. Let's reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And for those of you who won't ever be able to come to our in-person meetings, don't worry. We will still keep streaming. We're going to find a way to make it happen and bring this to you. Next Sunday will be a streaming service again, the 28th of March. It will happen this way, but probably in the other space with my wife back on keys. Uh, and then the Sunday after, the Friday after that, we'll start with the Easter weekend. We love you. We are so glad you're part of our family. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.
Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church message of the week. We trust that you found that encouraging, inspiring, hopefully challenging in a good way, and that you will come back next week to listen again. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe, and to share this with other people if you find that it is uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring to you. May God bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you and your family. Bye-bye.